Yes, hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. We are back after uh, a couple of episodes uh, that we missed. One on equities, one on commodities, and one on uh, on macro. Um, we are a small team, so uh, traveling, etc., can uh, can cause hiccups in the production. But today we're back with LTS Benazzi on fixed income, and I don't think there is a more a better topic actually to discuss than fixed income right now. So before we go into the uh, to the podcast and today's topics. Let me just remind you, as I'm speaking right now, I'm looking at my Bloomberg terminal with printing almost 475 on the US 10-year yield. Equities, the S&P 500 futures just dipped below 4,300 right now. And if I look at the SOFA contracts, the um, which is basically the pricing of the Fed uh, policy rate, um, if I track the June 24 contract, it's more or less unchanged and it's in the trading range we've been, been in uh, for the past two weeks or so. So it's really the long end of the yield curve that is um, that is accelerating at um, at a you know very quick pace here, um, LTA. And I think that you know um, I think you should start with okay. So we have this move in the long end of the yield curve. We're moving into uh, we are now entering the 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 fourth quarter. So what are the sort of the big takeaways as you as we stand here and with your expertise in fixed income? Well, Peter, the biggest takeaway for investors is that if they are holding on to cash, they are losing money. They are losing money because inflation is just below 4%. The core CPI print, uh, the core PCE print that we have seen last week it was showing a, um, a yearly uh, rate of 3.9%. But uh, the Fed fund rate is at 5.5%. That means that uh, if investors invest in uh, um, high-quality risk-free assets in the short term, um, they will get uh, a positive return on their cash. Not only they will create a buffer against inflation, uh, but uh, they will get around 1% in real uh, returns. So there is no uh, reason for investors uh, to... Um, to keep uh, too liquid at this point of time. However, this is uh, something that uh, we discussed a lot uh, in our quarterly outlook. Uh, we are we are seeing uh, um, the European economy and also the US economy going towards a kind of stagflation uh, scenario and uh, which kind of investments make sense uh, within uh, this uh, uh, environment. And uh, Peter, I might repeat myself because already last week I flagged uh, short-term inflation linkers. Um, stagflation means that w- that uh, we are going towards uh, a sluggish economy or even um, a recession, uh, weak um, uh, jobs numbers, and uh, high inflation. Within this scenario, inflation linkers uh, create a, a buffer against the inflation. And given that uh, we are um, looking at the highest uh, real yields since uh, before the global financial crisis, uh, uh, well, we would also gain in case uh, the Federal Reserve has to do a U-turn and begins uh, to cut rates. Because as I mentioned in the last podcast, inflation linkers have exposure to two, uh, uh, two elements, which is a rate element and an inflation element. Um, then other investor investments that make sense is short-term quality. 
um, I flagged uh, several uh, corporate issue going issuances such as Apple, Amazon, or very light uh, names that they, they uh, pay around uh, uh, 5% in yield for maturities uh, of two uh, to three years. Uh, and uh, uh, lastly, the safe haven, we cannot uh, really exclude that as we are entering a stagflation uh, and uh, there is a rising risk of a recession, um, a 10-year U.S. Treasury bond uh, or a 10-year bond uh, might provide a much-needed pro uh, uh, protection in case uh, we are um, heading towards a tail event or a crisis. Okay, so so what what would you say to those that say, okay, LT, it's fine, uh, safe haven, ten years, uh, bonds or treasuries, but uh, the yield is going up and it's higher last uh, compared to last week we talked. So I'm down on my position. Um, how big it is timing an issue, or and if I'm buying, you know, the safe haven, it, is it only is it only for, uh, is it only a recession uh, bet, or I mean, what what is uh, what if uh, growth is accelerating? I mean. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, is how how important is the timing when you invest in these? Well, havens? timing is important uh, depending on which kind of investor you are, right? If you are a long-term investor and you're looking to purchase uh, these securities uh, for a year or two, uh, then you have to look uh, at their performance uh, within uh, this uh, uh, time frame. Um, and uh, considering uh, that uh, the modified duration of a 10-year U.S. Treasury bond is around 8.5%, uh, that means that, the, that if you buy um, a 10-year um, U.S. Treasury today at a yield of uh, uh, 4.75%, and, and that yield all of a sudden rises uh, from between today and tomorrow of uh, Uh, up to 5.75%, then you will lose 8.5%. Obviously, that's different if you hold that bond for a year and you receive a coupon because the coupon obviously um, produces a buffer against this uh, price in with change in price. And uh, if you make that calculation over a year and you believe that uh, uh, 10-year US Treasury yields rises by Uh, 100 basis points in one year, then you would still lose money, but much less, around the two and a half percent. But the real question here, Peter, is that are we really seeing uh, the 10-year U.S. Treasuries rising that much? And to be at those level um, in October 2024, when actually the market is forecasting the Federal Reserve to begin its uh, rate cutting cycle. Um, if that's the case, then the 10-year uh, yields should fall. So, yes, um, it might be bad to uh, buy uh, U.S. Uh, treasuries now that the yields are rising. Uh, if uh, your uh, investment horizon is of uh, one day, one week, or one month, but if your investment horizon is much longer and you're looking uh, to create some kind of protection, Uh, in uh, in a portfolio with risky assets, then they might play well. Right. Um, we're going to move to Europe because Europe is uh, in a slightly different situation than the US. Um, you know, depending on which indicators you're looking at, some would actually argue that uh, economic growth have actually accelerated a little bit in the last couple of months in the US, and that has added uh, to that pressure on the long end of the yield curve um, and the potential for another rate hike from the uh, 
from the Fed. But you know, the ECB is facing a different dilemma, right? So the, the euro is, is weak. It makes the inflationary pressures on everything that is imported into the Europe uh, higher. You're seeing the BTP, which is the Italian government bonds that spread to the German bunds, is widening again. Um, so how do you see Europe? I mean, is is it the same game plan or playbook, if you will, uh, if you're if you want to invest in 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 Europe as in in the US, or is it different? I think it's fairly similar, but uh, the worrying part of uh, um, Europe is that as we speak, Peter, the real rates are uh, uh, drastically rising. In the past 10 days, the 10-year German inflation-linked bond yields went from 0.3% to 0.6%. So basically, it doubled and it continues to rise. And when uh, real rates rise, we know that financial conditions become tougher and the European area is already in a recession. So tighter monetary conditions just mean that uh, that recession might get deeper. And within a deeper, uh, within this scenario, bonds, uh, especially high quality bonds and safe haven play, uh, play quite well. But uh, the big uh, takeaway here, exactly like uh, in the United States, is to keep uh, duration at a minimum because we don't know yet when the Federal Reserve or the ECB will begin to cut rates. And until then, the long part of the yield curve is going to be um, providing too much duration while yields move higher. Um, but uh, yes, when we look at inflation linkers, I just mentioned uh, the German 10 years. But if we look at the short part of the yield curve, if we want to find uh, protection against inflation in the European space, uh, and we look at uh, three years uh, maturity, the German inflation linker offers a yield of around uh, 0.85%. It reached uh, a few months ago 1%, but it's still one of the highest yields that we have seen uh, uh, since 2011 until now. Um, And also, if uh, we want uh, to buy and look at the, the periphery, well, the one-year inflation linkers, uh, BTPs, uh, are offering a yield of 1.3%. If we want to open up uh, the short-term uh, um, investment-grade Euro, um, Euro-denominated debt uh, box, uh, we can find uh, big names like uh, Goldman Sachs, Volkswagen, uh, Smurfit, Kappa, all providing a yield well above uh, uh, 4% for maturities up to beginning of 2026. And then again, if we consider the safe haven, so the 10 years German Bund, yes, we have to increase the duration. But exactly as we said, uh, with US Treasury yields, if we add it in a well-diversified portfolio in order to create some sort of protection in case there is a crisis or a tail event that we cannot envision, uh, right now, then uh, it could play quite well. All right, and this, um, you know, we just uh, came up with our Q4 outlook, um, or it will, it will be published uh, very soon, uh, at least. And you know, the the title is uh, bond long bonds, and you know, we we pin this framework around you know the whole stagflation, but also the fact that uh, that you know the carry will will take care of a lot of things in, in fixed income and that's back to the timing issue if we look at some of the large etfs we can also see that investors have increasingly 
you know, increase their exposure to bonds as yields have gone higher and higher. So they've actually bought into these uh, losses, and uh, which I find pretty interesting. But outside the you know the government bonds, which have been bought heavily, you find you know corporate bonds. So you have investment grade, and you also have high yield. So some of the some of the high yield names is you're offered you know seven, eight, nine percent. Is that attractive, or is that even you know is that dangerous? Given that potentially we could move into a stagflation, how do you see that? Not to Peter, uh, not to me, Peter, and not uh, right now. Uh, it is true that the U.S. Uh, high yield corporate bonds pay around nine uh, percent, but when we look at the high yield uh, investment grade uh, uh, spread, uh, we see that it is around uh, two hundred and basis points. So basically, junk is paying only two point eight percent over high grade names. And that's around where it was in 2019 before the pandemic. And it's well below um, the average that we've seen since uh, 2010 until uh, today. The, uh, that average was around 350 basis points. If we couple these with the fact that uh, the average maturity of uh, high yield um Corporate bonds in the U.S. is over five years and interest rates are rising with the yield curve being steepening. Well, that's even more dangerous because whenever the yield curve is steepening, um, then the first part to react is going to be the belly of the yield curve. So maturities are from five to seven years. And the problem with that is that if we see a bear steepening, it means that there is going to be a lot of sell-off in that uh, uh, part of the yield curve, which coincidentally uh, match with uh, the average maturity of uh, high-yield uh, corporates. So definitely U.S. high-yields, I wouldn't touch. Uh, when I look instead at European high-yield, because we just uh, covered also the European side, uh, Peter, they pay lower, they, they pay only 8% in yield versus an average yield of 9% in the US. But what is good about them is that the high yield investment grade spread is around 380 basis points, a little bit wider than the last 13 years uh, average, which was around 350 basis points. And the average maturity of high yield European uh, bonds uh, is uh, of three and a half years. So um, much less exposed uh, to this uh, bare steepening uh, movement uh, that we are seeing of the yield curve. Regardless, uh, Peter, even if European high-yield corporates are going to outperform U.S. Uh, high-yield peers, um, I still believe that the best uh, risk-reward ratio that investment investors can find right now is in quality. Um, so investment-grade corporates uh, try to um, remain uh, in the very uh, short part of the yield curve and limited duration. This is uh, what uh, is going to be a winning strategy as uh, we are uh, going towards a stagflation kind of scenario. All right. Um, great points there on the uh, the high-yield uh, high yield, uh corporate bond segment both in the US and in Europe and I think that's a wrap for today's uh, podcast on fixed income and we'll of course be back uh, next week so in the meantime very important week ahead uh, for fixed income as as we said you know yields are moving higher especially at the long end of the yield curve um, our takeaway is that 
you know, as the world potentially could move into a stagflationary environment. Look for, uh, you know, low duration, short-term inflation lingers, short-term quality and safe havens. Same playbook in Europe and stay away from high yield. Thank you for listening. Thank you.